name is Melissa Meredith, your host for the Daily Wellness Podcast. If your day could use a dose of healthy living inspiration, you're in the right place. Call me a crunchy mom, health nerd, whatever. I'm just a normal mom trying to do what's best for her family, and I happen to love talking about all things health and wellness. Join me as we learn from like-minded people, change the health legacy of our families, and take our wellness to the next level. Welcome to the Daily Wellness Podcast. It's so fascinating to me how our struggles tend to lead us to major life choices. That was true for nutrition counselor Sarah Guernsey. Her own struggle with nutrition and hormone imbalance led her to a place in life where she now gets to help people find hope and healing. We have a great discussion about what it means to look at your health holistically and how to do that with your family. If you're frustrated with your current approach to health, you'll love this episode. Before we begin, I want to give a quick shout out to a reviewer who said, absolutely love this podcast and all of the easy tips on where to begin your health journey. My favorite part was that they did it as a family. Thanks so much for that. We truly appreciate every rating, download, and subscription. Now here's your dose of daily wellness. Hey, Sara. Thank you so much for joining the daily wellness podcast. Hey, good morning. Thanks, friend. I am so glad that you are here. I'm excited to learn from you today. First, can you introduce yourself to us? Sure, I'd be happy to. Okay, my name is Sara Guernsey. Um, I am married to Caleb Guernsey. We have five kids together, and I am a certified health and nutrition counselor. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit more about your family, what your husband does, and how old your kids are? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Caleb, um, my husband is a chiropractor. He's been in his own office now for 13 years, I guess. Um, and then we have five kiddos. We had five kids in six years. You know what that's like with busy lives. So, um, our oldest is 13 Micah. And then we have a girl, Eliza, who's 11, another son, Titus, who is nine, another daughter, Briley, who is eight and another son, Malachi, who is seven. That's awesome. We love your family so much. (laughs) Us too. The feelings are mutual. And since I've had the pleasure of knowing you for many years, I've gotten to see firsthand your health journey, a lot of it anyway, and it's really inspiring. So I want to kind of start with chatting about that, just your own personal health journey. So if you want to kind of think back to, I don't know, late childhood, early adulthood, wherever you feel comfortable starting and just kind of give us a, a walkthrough of your health journey. Okay. Yeah. So let's go back to childhood. I did not grow up in, um, a home where like my mom cooked, you know, a lot of home cooked meals or sitting around a dinner table. I was the youngest of four kids. Um, I had all older brothers and they were all active in sports, you know, and activities and stuff. And so I was just kind of drug along right to all of that stuff in my early childhood years and everything. Um, so we ate a lot of fast food in the evenings. Like that's what I remember the most probably is that, um, to eat out was just a very normal, common part of my daily life. Right. Um, always had like cereal for breakfast, you know, health, as far as food goes, wasn't ever talked about. I don't ever remember a discussion about food, having a purpose as far as like fueling our body or a purpose for nutrients or anything, um, other than maybe milk, 
but that's when the Jordan commercials were so <laughs> big. So <Right. laughs> that's about all I can remember, maybe milk. Um, so anyway, it just wasn't a common topic in our home. Um, fast forward to like junior high and high school where you can kind of start, you know, prepping some food yourselves um, that always look like frozen meals, you know, whether it was like fish sticks, chicken nuggets, um, I don't know, pizzas, you know, that you could throw in the oven, macaroni and cheese that you could make in the microwave. I mean, that was very common for me to just like make for myself again, if I wasn't eating out, which just was the norm for us. Um, and so then that led me into, um, obviously there were a lot of unhealthy habits that came along with that when I didn't have like a good relationship with food. My body was changing. I was starting to, um, you know, go through puberty and everything in middle school. And as my body changed, I really liked, um, the little girl version of me. Right. And so I didn't, really embraced that change in my life at all. And it led to me being anorexic for six years through the end of high school. Um, so obviously I didn't have a healthy relationship with food at that time in my life right. either. Yeah. That's an interesting, that's an interesting thing to think about because you were, you had this lifestyle of, you know, fast food, convenience food, but then you started to think about your body as everybody does in junior high and high school, everybody's concerned about what they look like. So that was probably your, your idea of health is how do I look? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Health was tied to being skinny. That's what I equated those two things to. Right. So how did you come out of that? Oh gosh, that's a long story for <laughs> probably <laughs> another day, but, um, Oh my goodness. Well, I think there were some influential people in my life. One that recognized it. It was not something that I talked about at all. Um, in fact, tried to play it off if I had to eat because of like a so social circumstance where that was like expected of me. Um, there were things that I just kind of learned to do like, um, rarely take bites instead, like using your fork to distract people by like pushing food around on my plate, as opposed to actually taking the bite to eat it. So I felt like I had learned a lot of just kind of manipulative or coping, you know, mechanisms that went into that disorder. Um, but there were a couple of people in my life that recognized it and finally, um, came to me. And just showed great concern. And I know that the Lord just used their love and concern for me um, <clears throat> to allow me to actually acknowledge it. And then from there to decide whether or not I wanted to heal from that. Right. Um, and so that process, you know, looked really different to and and has over the years. I definitely um don't consider myself like anorexic anymore. And yet I do find myself kind of mentally, um, wondering if there's like those addictive behaviors, right? Like we talk about addicts and how, like, once you are an addict, you always are an addict. You just may not act on those addictive behaviors. And I can definitely see part of that just in my own journey with anorexia, like 
there are times that that is really difficult to not just fall back into a major calorie reduction, you know, or to not think of my health as like, Oh, I don't feel skinny right now. Therefore my body isn't healthy, you know? So, um, continuing to just, I have good counseling on that. I have good accountability for those things. And obviously over the last, you know, two decades of my life, the Lord has done a huge healing in all of those things, physically, emotionally, mentally, all of those components. Right. So you're obviously in a a much different place today. And so what were the major factors kind of helping you make that switch to a true healthy lifestyle as an adult? I think knowledge (laughs) played a huge factor. Um, when Caleb was in chiropractic school, um, well, okay, let me back up a little bit. So obviously when we met you all, we were all in college. Um, I was cheering in college, which is not the most conducive when you're just coming out of a six-year eating disorder. I can and see you that. Have to be weighed weekly. Um, and there is a max, you know, for your weight and your body fat and everything. Here's what I will say though about that season in my life, like I said, of just having really good accountability and friends. And I shared this on Instagram last week, um, a little bit that initially coming out of anorexia, I couldn't stand on a scale and look at those numbers. And so whether it was for cheerleading each week or at a doctor's office, just letting them know that I would just I would turn around and face backwards that I would just rather not know the number on the scale. And they were always so kind about it. Um, and so then as Caleb and I were dating married, as he was in, um, chiropractic school, the knowledge that he was obtaining about nutrition and the functionality of our body. I remember him coming to me and saying, I cannot have this knowledge and not do anything with it. So we're going to be making changes. Yeah. That's that's really awesome. Yeah. I love the way that he led us that way. It wasn't like we went out and radically changed, you know, everything that we ate overnight. I like that. He just gently, um, started encouraging me to make small changes. And so for us personally, we decided to change like breakfast first and really kind of tackle like that time of day. Um, and that worked for us. We changed the way that we ate breakfast for months before we ever moved on to like other times of the day or like other foods that we might eat at different times of the day. And I think for me, so as that knowledge came and that permission from him to make this gradual change so that it would be lifelong. And that I knew was his goal from the very beginning is this is not something we are going to do temporarily. This is going to become who we are and who we think of ourselves as. Um, And so, yeah, it was just a very gradual process. Yeah. I love that. I think the culture that we live in is not that way. They, um, it's very much a, you know, how do I feel at this moment? What do I weigh at this moment? And how can I change that? And then once I get there, I'm going to go back to how I was, you know? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So I love, I love that story. I think that's a really good encouragement to us. Um, 
So you had the knowledge to motivate you to change. And obviously that kept growing. So you got that knowledge from Caleb through chiropractic school. And then I know you really sought that out on your own as well. So would you say those were your big motivators? Yeah. And, you know, I think as you start to learn about health or you find yourself um, like searching, I mean, now we have access to social media, you know, and everything, which was still really new back then. Um, so there's just so much information out there. Not all of it is great information, but, um, there is a lot of information out there. And I think it's interesting that as my knowledge grew and it just kind of fanned that flame of like interest inside of me, um, that you start having conversations with people, you know, like, you see someone eating a meal that you recognize as being this really nutritious meal. And you ask them about it. Like, Oh my goodness, that looks amazing. Tell me what's in that. Or, you know, somebody invites you to a workout class and you try it. And so then it just kind of became this thread that was woven throughout every aspect of our lives. Well, I think Um, your your focus became like, what is healthy? You know, you're trying to answer this question for yourself and that really became your focus and you really find what you're looking for a lot in life. So I can see that theme in your life. You were like, okay, I need the, I need to make this change. You know, I'm seeking knowledge. And then, you know, you found it because you were looking for it. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. And beyond just the food that we were eating, I mean, that's where it started for us. Um, but beyond the food that we were eating or, um, you know, being physically fit was a part of both of our lives having, um, cheered and Caleb played football in college, you know, so that was always just a common part, you know, of our lives and being able to continue that. But then what did health look like beyond food and beyond exercise? Because I think for our culture, that's the definition of health is like wrapped up in those two things. What do you eat and how often do you exercise or what type of exercise you do? Absolutely. Um, So that really brings me more to like the last six years of my life, probably where I felt like I had a good understanding on my health. As far as food goes, we had made a lot of changes. It went beyond breakfast at that point. We had changed the way that we ate lunch and dinner and snacks. Um, Fitness was always important. So we kind of were like, check, check, you know. And then about six years ago, just starting to have some physical problems myself as far as a lot of like hormone imbalances and a lot of symptoms from that and being really young to start experiencing menopausal symptoms. You know, I was like 33 years old. So it's like 15 years younger than the average uh, adult age. And so that really took Caleb and I into a deep dive of one, why was my body experiencing those symptoms early? Um, Was it genetic hereditary as far as like possibly, you know, in your family that you're, that you may start going through menopause early, but more than that was, um, just what else is going on in my body. And Caleb's approach is always like as holistic as possible. There's got to be 
a lot of answers. It's not like there will only be one answer for you. And so I really started to learn about my cortisol levels, my stress, all of the hormones that were in my body beyond just like estrogen and progesterone, you know, that we kind of think of naturally for women, um, taking a deeper dive and understanding into that and was able to heal my body through stress management, sleep techniques, um, breathing, a change in some of the exercise that I was doing that wasn't really conducive for the symptoms that my body was having and everything. So anyway, that just kind of took me into understanding health a little more holistically besides just food and exercise. Yes. I love so much that you shared that. I think that's really encouraging, um, for a lot of people listening. So I just want to make sure that they actually heard what you just said, because I think a lot of people are struggling with health issues and they, the first thing they think about is, oh, I need to change my diet. I need to exercise. And they might start making some of those changes and feel like I still feel terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why, isn't, why isn't this working? Um, so I really just want to highlight what you said of you, you're saying to think about health holistically, to really think about your whole body, your whole life, your, your mind, your thoughts, you know, your emotions, your habits, all of those things play a part in our health. And so I just want to we really highlight that because I think there's a lot of discouraged people listening um, who think that they are, you know, who are really trying to do the right thing, but don't know to look beyond just the diet and exercise. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think we have just a history of that in our society of all of these diet trends, you know, and Caleb has always had patients that ask him about them as they come along, paleo and keto and all of the different diet trends. And we've done all of them, not because we necessarily believed in them, but more because we wanted to be able to give feedback, you know, on them. Um, so we would do them for like maybe a six week period so that we could give patients a feedback on kind of what our takeaway was from that intermittent fasting, all of those types of things. So I think that's just that thought process of food and your health being tied to some type of trendy diet um, is really common. In fact, when I'm working with clients, I don't, I rarely, I guess I should say, let them start with food related goals. Um, because I think we all want to just find like what we can eat that works for us like magic. That's going to fix all my problems. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and so there are eight different components when I'm working with clients, there are eight different components of their lives that we look at in our approach to health. And I, especially the first week or two, we set goals based off of other components of their life rather than going straight to food or exercise. Right. So since you're talking about your business, can you kind of tell me what led to you starting that? I mean, you were on your own health journey, you know, finding all these answers and now you have this new business helping others. What was the, the aha, aha moment of, I need to do this. <laughs> well, all of our kids were finally school age. Um, I had stayed at home with all of our kids while they were little and 
um, when the youngest went to school, my husband thought that I might be bored. (laughs) I kind of thought that being a stay at home mom without any kids around sounded like freedom as opposed (laughs) to boredom. (laughs) But he was concerned that I might be bored. And so we honestly just started praying about what the Lord might have me do in this new season of my life. Um, my undergraduate and my master's is in education. So that was a natural thought of, is that something I would want to go back and do what I want to teach again? Um, but I also felt really open to possibilities and, um, my friends laugh at me because during that season, I kind of played with the idea of anything. Um, I had to have surgery at one point during that time and was watching all of these nurses, you know, in like this pre-op space, walking around and getting things ready. And I said to one of my girlfriends, I wonder if I would be a good nurse. Maybe I should go back to school for nursing. And then, oh, days later, I was like, I think I would be a good Walmart greeter. There is no pressure there. (laughs) I like the idea of just standing at a door and welcoming people to Walmart. Like, I don't know. I just threw out all of these ideas. Um, My husband and I were visiting a clinic out of town, another chiropractic office um, that he partners with. and, And so we were talking to some of the doctors in their office and they were giving us a tour because I hadn't ever been to that clinic before. And one of um, the practitioners in this office, all they did was health and nutrition counseling. And I kind of unknowingly took over that conversation because looking back, Caleb just sat and listened as I picked their brain about all of the different ways that they were like working with clients and the way that they were seeing success and the way that they were seeing health transformation not weight loss. And when we left the clinic, we got in the car and I had no more closed my door than Caleb said, that's what you want to do, isn't it? And I said, yes. Uh, everything <laughs> I love about that, story. that conversation just was so like encouraging and fascinating to me. That's kind of what took me down the journey of what would that look like? What do I even need to have to be some type of health coach, you know, something along those lines. And that's right. when I found um, the program that I went through for health and nutrition counseling. Yeah. So what I know about health and nutrition counseling looks different than what you are doing in some ways. So can you kind of explain the difference between maybe traditional tradition, like nutrition counseling that people may have experienced before and what you are doing? obviously like the food that they eat is a part of the nutrition counseling. But, um, the way that my program that I have kind of written for clients looks is we meet together over the course of eight weeks in week one, I sit down and do an extensive interview with them. And I ask well over a hundred questions to better understand their lives, their past relationship with food, what has fitness or exercise look like both in the past and currently 
we talk about stress in their lives, what stress management techniques they have or what components of their life cause stress, whether it's family, kids, work, in-laws, you know, all of those different things. We talk about sleep habits. Anyway, I just do an extensive interview for session one. And then based off of that information, I write two different plans for them. One plan um, is just food. And based off of what I gathered from their initial consultation, I write a plan for them of the foods that they should be eating at different times of day, um, including all of the macronutrients. And of course, getting in like our micros and everything in there as well. And then the second plan that I write incorporates all eight components of their health that we're going to take deeper dives into at each weekly session. But I explain that component of their life and like why sleep is so vital for our bodies, why relationships, um, if they're married or, or in a intimate relationship, why sex is so important for our hormones and our bodies and our overall health, um, hydration, obviously the foods that they eat stress, um, whether or not they ever take time for just themselves, that can be really difficult for some of my clients to slow down the pace of their lives in any given day and take a moment to do something for just them. So anyway, that plan includes all eight components of their life and that is their health plan. And then from there, we continue to meet together every week and counsel through all of those different eight components, as well as um, anything else that comes up because it's always interesting what comes up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, as I'm listening, I'm just thinking what a gift that is. Um, number one, to have someone, someone like you leading them through such important conversations and then also just a gift to give yourself. I would say the earlier, the better. If you, if you don't know about this kind of stuff and you feel like you need some guidance, like what a gift to give to yourself to invest in your health that way and, and learn how to have lifelong health. I think this is so wonderful what you're doing. Thank you so much. I am loving it. Yeah. Um, I also love following you on social media. Um, you're oh, doing an amazing job of just encouraging people and putting out such valuable content. So if any of you need some more um, encouragement, I that's actually one of my tips for healthy living is to surround yourself with community. And I think that includes social media to follow people on social media that are going the path that you want to go and can encourage you in that. And so definitely put Sarah on your list. I'm going to link all of her info in the show notes so that you can find her easily. Um, so thank you for sharing your health journey with us. Thank you for sharing about your nutritious life, what you're doing with your business and how you're helping people. But I cannot let you off of this podcast without asking you some mom questions, because I know we have a lot of parents listening. And um, the fact that you have five kids and you went through this health journey with children <laughs> at home, um, would you say that it's impacted your kids' lives? Oh, man. I think about the fact that that wasn't talked about when I was a kid. I think probably for the simple fact that there wasn't knowledge there on my parents' part. So I'm not holding that against them, but I think about how different the conversations that my husband and I have with our kids are when it comes to their health. 
what do you hope your kids walk away with, like knowing about health or learning about health? You know, at any given time, it is not uncommon for conversations at our dinner table to be directed to any one of our kids, even down to our seven-year-old and say like, tell me how many grams of protein we have on our plate, you know, or like whether or not it's an appropriate time to have um, like a protein shake or, you know, knowing like our bodies can only absorb like 35 grams of protein at a time. We're not going to turn around and have a protein shake right after we've had supper, you know, different things like that. I hope that they just take away from Caleb and I, this desire to care for protect steward fight for the health of our bodies. And that looks a lot of different ways. I hope that that's just their overall takeaway is that you only get one. And so we want you to have the power and the knowledge to take care of it. Yeah, for sure. I know that you have the same desire for your kids to live out the calling that God has on their lives and to live with purpose. And so to have good health can really help you with that. And that's what we try to instill in our kids a lot is, you know, we need to steward our bodies well, because he has purpose for us. For sure. Yeah. And I think that you live a really intentional life um, just overall, like the things that you do, you do intentionally. And, and so just by living that life, you're setting an example and being a role model for your kids of what healthy living looks like, you know, in food, in the way that you prepare food and you are intentional about your food, but also in other areas of life, like you mentioned, you know, that you guys do take time to rest and have fun and that you prioritize exercise and all these different things. So I think that's really beautiful. Yes. Thank you. What would your specific advice be for people getting started on their own health journey first? Well, I guess the advice that I give to all of my clients is we are going to pick one or two small manageable goals and we're going to change those. And like I said, a lot of times it's not food related at all. Maybe one of their goals is um, that they're going to set a timer for their phone and put their phone to rest so that they can like prepare their bodies for bed. Maybe one of their goals is that they want to drink three more cups of water, maybe only three or four days that week, um, compared to what they were doing. So we just try to set these really small manageable goals and we set two or three of them every single week. And they're not to accomplish all seven days. That is never the goal because that is constantly like perfection driven. Right. Right. So we try to just make these manageable to set ourselves up for success. And when we miss it, when we don't accomplish it, we don't beat ourselves up about it. If your goal was five days this week, I am going to drink all eight glasses of water, right? We're supposed to have eight glasses of eight ounces. Maybe that was the goal for that week was to do it five days. And we only did it three. That was three more days that you drank all of the water that you needed as opposed to the weeks before. And so we just celebrate our successes. Um, But I would tell people to just start with a couple of manageable goals that they think they can accomplish a few days that week and just start there. And in time, those are healthier habits that you are creating for your overall health. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that to focus on the progress over perfection. We kind of started this conversation talking about, um, you know, ways that we kind of get tripped up um, in our own health journey of thinking just, just the diet, just the exercise. I need to fix this temporary um, problem that I have in my life, whether it be my weight or a, a, another health issue. And we can get really focused in on just that, that one short-term finding that one short-term solution. And so I think what you're saying of focusing on that progress and celebrating the wins gives you more potential to be set up for long-term success. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I have three fun questions to end our time together that I always ask everyone. And the first one is what is one healthy living resource that you would recommend? Early days, we read a lot of like Michael Pollan stuff. Now with social media, there are several people that I follow. I guess a tip with social media though, is find people that are on their health journey or talk about health that you can relate to. There are so many different influencers out there. Um, and you don't have to relate to the same one that your friend or your neighbor does. Right. And so like maybe their tips just don't seem to resonate with you as much. Um, so finding some health influencers, um, or people in your own life that seem to be on that path and can encourage you in ways that you just receive really well. Um, there are so many different personality types out there. You're bound to find someone. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. What was your favorite healthy snack? I find myself if I need a healthy snack, like I know I want to incorporate like a veggie with maybe a, a fat or a protein. And so I oftentimes go to dips. So things like raw veggies with hummus. That would probably be one of my favorite things to sit down and eat. Yes. That's hard to beat. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question is who would you like to see as a guest on the daily wellness podcast? Well, I think my husband would be interesting because I'm curious as to if he would say anything that's different than what I have like, already <laughs> shared about our health journey. Um, so that's like out of my own curiosity, but there is a girl on Instagram that I follow. Um, her name is Maddie and her page is called mad healthy. And I do really like her approach. I think it's really unique. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us on the daily wellness podcast. We learned so much from you. I'm excited for more people to get to know you. Thank you, friend. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Daily Wellness Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful for your own wellness journey. And if so, we'd love for you to leave a review. Then come back and listen for review shout outs on upcoming episodes. For more information, check out the show notes and connect with us on our website, dailywellnesscommunity.com. 